2: 96 FM. Una, thank you very much for taking our call on the Opinion Line. You know, we all hear stories about women being stalked by by ex-boyfriends and ex-husbands and people they once had had a date with. But this guy effectively was a total stranger except fleeting encounters at work. When did you first meet him?
3: Um, I first met him... September, I think, was it two thousand and eighteen? I worked with them for um, eighteen months, um, and like we had a good working relationship. We we got along very very well, but like we weren't um, we weren't friends. We were friendly towards each other in, in a work way, but we, we we certainly weren't friends. We didn't have our lunch breaks together, or we didn't socialize outside of work. We didn't text each other outside of work. Any texts between us were all work related. Um, and during that 18 months, he showed no signs of anything, you know, anything untoward. He he, he was pleasant. He was, you know, he was a, a grand guy to work with and he showed no sinister sight whatsoever. So, you know, it, it it came completely out of the blue um, when things started to happen.
2: How did it start?
3: Um, it, it, it started when he moved... Um, when he moved jobs he he lured me I suppose to new place of work and made um unwanted advances and I, I I think when I rejected him he he wasn't too pleased like he like I had thought he was married. I I wasn't interested anyway, but he told me that he was separated and um, you know, that we'd make a good couple and I said, Look, I'm I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, in a relationship at all with anybody at the time because I was just after being promoted to office manager. I'd I was working long hours, I you know, had the two I know they're they're not kids but you know, family at home and I just I just hadn't time for a, a relationship to be honest. But I, I just wasn't interested in, yeah. him, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And um he, he seemed to take it okay at, at the time, and
2: it wasn't an unpleasant conversation, was it? No.
3: Well, it was like well, it was because he like he was trying to force me to kiss him, and I, I kept saying I don't want this, and he was like, "Well, you won't know unless you try." And I said, "No, James, I, I I really don't want this." And he was, "Well, you won't know unless you try." And he he had his arms around me, so like I couldn't kind of move, so I got my arms up and I pushed him away, and I said, "Look, just stop, you know, cop on." This this isn't going to happen, you know. Um, so I was I was pretty shaken up, um, pretty shook shook up over it. And uh, like the next day, the messages started like the the very next day, the very next morning early. I got two messages off, from like apologizing and all that. And I, I I sent I did respond to that message, and I said, look, I accept your apology, but you know any further contact is to be professional only you know i you know they don't contact me unless it's about work or you know because there would have been a few projects of his there would have had to have been a little bit of contact so i said look unless it's to do at work you know don't contact me and then there was text messages and whatsapp messages and uh, you know it, they just kept coming and coming so i completely ignored them and um he offered me a job and all this kind of stuff. And I, yeah, I like that was one that I replied to. I said, look, I, I'm not interested. I'm happy where I am. And then he was kind of getting a bit irate. There was messages like, oh, it, it takes nothing to reply. And he was getting a bit irate that I wasn't re- replying to the messages. I just thought he'd go away. He'd get the, the hint, you know.
2: How quickly did it become sinister? Did that escalate quickly?
3: Yeah, very quickly. Very quickly, I'd say within 10 minutes of me entering the building, um, you know, it, it kind of not kicked off, but he had made his advances and um, like the, the, the door, the door was locked. The door, the main door, we say, was locked he had the keys in his pocket. And I was like, how the hell am I going to get out of here? So, you know, I just kind of started chatting about just kind of, you know, work stuff and just general stuff and. Um, I just said look I, I have to go because I, I have to you know get get to work myself so he left me out and that was kind of it you know but I, I was very shaken up over it I, I really was but uh, stupidly I didn't tell anybody that it had happened um, and the messages kept coming and kept coming and on the 1st of April he said he was going to call to my house because I wasn't answering his messages so I just said no I didn't I didn't think he knew where I lived to be honest Um I said, don't call to my house. Don't contact me again. And that was on the 1st of April. And he said, sorry, I won't contact you again. And I didn't hear any more from him. And But it was playing on my mind an awful lot in the meantime. And I went to my GP and I went to the guards and I, I reported. I just reported it. I knew nothing could happen because there was no evidence that anything had happened. And to be my word against his. And they said, look, we can talk to him. Um, if you wish or you know he, he, it's after going quiet now like we don't want I suppose in a sense poke the bear you know like Wiley's he hasn't been in contact since the 1st of April this is now the twelfth of June and I said no look I said I just wanted on record that it happened I don't want anything done about it um, it looks like he's got the message um, so just in, just in case he does it to anybody else or anything happens to me down the line that there's a record that this man did this on this date and that was kind of it until until July. Um and then the then then it escalated in July. You know, it started with the, the car wheels being sprayed and then the window of the house was sprayed and then the letters were left and then he approached the house when he was arrested.
2: You said yesterday outside the court that, that it wasn't yesterday wasn't the win for you. It was the moment that the guards arrested him. Was the win yeah. for you? Talk to me about dealing with the guards. You went to them first of all. You said, like you quite correctly said, and it's an example to anybody what to do. Look, can you please just make a note of it for mm-hmm. me? And they mm-hmm. did, and they mm-hmm. and they and you, you're full of praise for the guards. Yeah. What led up to the arrest? Like you must have been terrified when you actually called them.
3: Yeah. Well, what happened was like the the from the very from the very first incident when the when the car wheels were sprayed I rang them and they came up and they took the pictures and they took a statement and i suppose at at the time you know they they said like who do you think it is and i said i, I really don't know now he had entered my mind but i was like do you know what man in his 50s is going to drive like an hour and a half to spray wheels like bubble it was a bubblegum pink you know <laughs> it, like if it had been any other color i might have Kind of said, yeah, okay, it's him. But it was just—it was the pink that threw me.
0: Yeah, you know.
3: And then the then the following week, the windows were graffitied with X's and O's, and um I win was spray painted on the windowsill. Now that was in black. I win and again. I win, yeah. So then the guards came up again and took the photographs, and they were kind of saying, "Yeah, we we kind of we we have we have an inkling that it might be this guy because." To be fair, there wasn't really anybody else that I had a negative interaction with, you know, so there was kind of nobody else on the radar. And then, And of course, they
2: were conscious of the fact that you'd made an initial mention of him in the station and asked for them to note it, so they had a note of it.
3: Oh, they had, like, they. they when, when they came up um, for the, the graffiti on the window, they had said, look, we, we've already. Because I had printed off. I had kind of a a detailed statement of the background and I had that printed off and I had printed off all the messages as well. So they had all that and they said, look, we've we've looked over this. Um, They still didn't know for a fact that it was him, obviously, but look, they said, look, we're, you know, just aware that this has happened. Um, But we still didn't know because, again, it was X's and O's on a window. It was kind of childish and the words I win were written on it. But... The fact that there was nobody else's house being targeted and the fact that I had no negative interaction with anybody else kind of, you know, all fingers kind of pointed to him at that stage. Um, But it wasn't until the letter. The letter was left the following morning and that's when when things took off, I suppose.
2: That must have frightened the living life out of you, did it?
3: It did. It really, really did. And it was the fact that I know his intention was to throw me but he had hello neighbour as the opening of the letter and it, it did actually, it did throw me, you know, because I was saying, is there somebody around or is there some stranger after moving into the park that I don't know about and he's watching me? And
2: oh, it, didn't, it didn't twig with you instantly when you opened the letter?
3: Uh, you see, it, it, like he was always there in the back of my mind, but the hello neighbour actually did really throw me. Yeah. Now I knew, I knew we say the neighbours of, we call them the old neighbours who were here a long time. And I knew, I knew it wouldn't be any of them. I know it's very easy to say, how, how did you know it wouldn't? But, you know, I I, I, I knew it wouldn't be them because, yeah. they, you know, they're, they're solid to the earth. They're very good. They're not in your pocket, but they're there if you need them kind yeah. of people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was wondering, did anybody move into the park that I'm unaware of? Because, you know, houses change. and Yes. And I was saying, you know, mother of God, like... But I kind of knew in my heart and soul at that stage that, that that it could only be him, you know.
2: Do you want to remind us, or is it too painful to recall what the letter said?
3: Um, well, it was just like it was very, we say, sexually explicit, and there was condoms in it, and you know, it just it it, it just was. It was a very frightening letter. Yes. Um, and just the end of it was kind of like looking forward to our moment and, you know, leave the back door open and I'll creep up to you and all this kind of stuff. It was, it was just, just a frightening, really frightening letter, you know. Um, and at that stage, the guards, the guards really kind of not took over, but they like they had the crime prevention were up and, and like that, that very nice man. he He checked out the house and you know, the back garden, the lock on the gate. And he was, there was a friend of mine, her husband put in an extra security lock on the back door so that it couldn't be lifted from the outside, you know, the sliding patio door. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing he said to do is, look, you're going to have to seal your letterbox um, just in case of petrol. So that, I found that very, I found that very, very disturbing. That's terrifying. It is terrifying. Yeah, yeah. That, I found that now one of the hardest things to deal with to be honest.
2: Now you've grown up children. Do 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 they live with you?
3: Oh they do. They yeah. do. They both live with me, yeah. And obviously
2: yeah. they knew this was going on.
3: Oh they did. They did. So my, my, my son slept by day and stayed up by night um, just, just because he felt that was all he could do. You know, he was kind of powerless to do anything else, you know. Um, so um, we sealed up the letterbox and then the the next, all the guards then at that stage, what they were doing was they were driving around the park at night. They would just do a drive by maybe two or three times a night. But then the second letter came, and the second letter then was the threat to to, to commit rape. Um, he was going to break in and rape me and my daughter. Um, so that's when they set up their operation then, that they, they were outside the house. They were down long, about two, I think, two houses down. And they were there from midnight until 5 a.m. every night. Um, How
2: soon after the second letter did they arrest him?
3: It was only about—I think it was four nights. I think that yeah, the the left that second letter, was on the Thursday. Well, they say the the Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and you see, we 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 saw him on CCTV leaving us because I had the CCTV, in at that stage, um, so we knew then for for a hundred percent that it was him. Um, but it was for—it was only four, like not only four nights, but like. It was four nights that they were sitting in the car from midnight until five a.m.
2: Describe describe how you felt, how your grown up children felt for those four nights.
3: Well, obviously, the, my my daughter was absolutely petrified, you know, because she was mentioned in the letter that he was going to rape her as well. So she she was completely traumatized. Um, and like I felt, I, I I felt safer knowing that the guards were outside because those were the hours that he was around. Yeah. Um, I didn't think he'd come in the daylight. And, you know, during the summer, like kind of from five o'clock on, it's starting to get bright and people are kind of going to work. So I I felt safe enough that they were there um, knowing that they were there and that they were going to stay there. You know, they, they said, no matter what happens downtown, th- this car is not going to budge, you know. So um, that I that was great security for me.
2: Yeah, they they were fantastic for you, in
3: fairness, weren't they? They they just they 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 really couldn't have done any more than what they did. Like they went above and beyond really like and each one of them like was as nice as the next. They were very human about it, they were very empathetic, but they were also very professional, very savvy, um, you know, and highly trained, highly skilled, you know, like they 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 knew what they were doing. They really did. And um like i I said there's two numerous to mention, but Jim Heffernan was the guard that that tackled him outside my house, and Sergeant Sharkey Sergeant John Sharkey was with me all the way up through you know all all the other things so they they were just them they were they're they're just very 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 good people, you know they really really are.
2: As you talk to me now, Una, you're strong and you're together. There must have been moments, though, where, where you thought you you wouldn't get through this.
3: Oh, there was. Um, in June, um, before I went to the guards in June, I just, I, I started not to cope. And actually, that's why I, I went to my GP and started getting counselling. And then, kind of, I was both on adrenaline after he was arrested for a while, you know, because you're, you're, you know you're, you're a bit high because he's after being caught and then the, the, the low came in September and by God I, I I was low you know I really was I actually I, I, I couldn't work from September until January I just couldn't I those days I couldn't get out of bed it was absolutely horrendous
2: that's PTSD like that is isn't it
3: oh yeah yeah yeah, like even because he was arrested on, on a night where it was pelting with rain, like any night after that, that it was raining, I actually just couldn't settle. I just couldn't settle down. Um, And then there was, you know, the, the still shot of him. Like when I closed my eyes, that, that's that's what I could see, you know?
2: The CCTV shot that we saw on the telly.
3: Yeah, yeah. You know, like it's, it's very disturbing. And, and even though I know he was caught and I know he was in prison and I know he couldn't get near me, like it's still very frightening. You know, the nightmares of him escaping and coming after me and, you know, all all these things that just like you can kind of control your thoughts when you're awake. But when you're asleep, you, you haven't a chance. And the nightmares were horrific. Like they really, really were. the you know, it's and and you you just wake up and think like where am I? What what's happening? And it was very very difficult. And I I went back to the the GP and she put me on um two other lots of medication and they they worked pretty quickly and I feel very very much better since then. And I just would say to anybody like there's no shame in feeling low. You know, it, it's it's. Mental, mental illness is the same as physical illness and if you're not feeling well mentally just, just, go, just go to your GP and if something is happening just go to the guards like they're not going to say look stop wasting our time you know they're going to advise you if they can't do anything straight away they'll advise you on what to do or you know get a notebook and jot things down if you need to have a record of stuff that's happening you know just to give them a background give them a starting point you know
2: how do you feel about the sentence that the judge handed down yesterday? Was it enough? Do you think?
3: Um, I did like I, I suppose I went into the court for the sentencing hearing with like no expectations, so that I wouldn't be disappointing. Be disappointed, but I kind of had a figure of eight years in my head, and funnily enough, um, on. Owen oh, Healy, he was the guard there today. He had a figure of eight years, and I mean, he got he got seven. Well, it was nine first, and there was the two years taken off because he pled guilty, and then it was seven with two years suspended. And um, so we were close. We were close enough to it, you know. Yeah. yeah. But um, like he also has, I suppose, what people don't know is that he has five years probation after he's released, and he has um, a, a lifelong no contact ban as well so he's never allowed contact me again or he'll have to go in and and do do those two years
2: has he ever apologized or tried to
3: he apologized um we went to camel the night or the day after his arrest um to get um bail denied and he did apologize like from the stand he turned and he looked down and he apologized he said look i i'm very sorry for what i put on and her family through and I'm mortified, and this isn't who I am, and all this kind of stuff. But too little, too late, you know. And that was that was the only time that he actually apologised to me. Like they, they said in in the court that oh he he's he you know he didn't speak, but they said that he's sorry for what he did. But you know if you do if you do something once you can apologise for it. But like this man came to my house what, five five times in the space of three weeks, you know. So it, it wasn't a one off it was methodical and it was well planned out and you know he, he he didn't have to do it you know
2: you said that there is no possible way you can ever forgive what he did
3: no 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 I'll get over it I'll get over it but I I won't forgive him because like there there, there was it was just so Unnecessary and so uncalled for, and you know, like nobody deserves it, nobody at all deserves that, 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 that type of treatment. So, you know, I, I won't forgive him for it, and like, even not even it's more for my family and my extended family and my friends and what he put them through as well, because everybody was on tender hooks waiting for some waiting for the next thing to happen, like the neighborhood, you know, people next door, like they weren't sleeping because they knew somebody was creeping around and you know it was very traumatic on on a lot of people not just me like work i had to give up work for a while so you know they they had to kind of take on my load and you know and all the work were very very good to me they really were they were very very supportive um but like i i had to i had to stop going to work and now now i'm only back working part time because i just i'm not able for full time at the moment and I, I i don't know when i will be you know
2: you're you're still in counseling i think and and working your way through all this
3: yeah i have a very very good um psychotherapist and she's she has been so supportive and and she she has made me stronger because she can rationalize things that i don't rationalize you know cuz i was saying about you know, checking the door, like obsessively checking the doors. And, you know, she was saying, Well, don't worry about it. it it's keeping you safe because if the door is unlocked, you can lock it. You know, and I was saying, oh, I'm checking the car to make sure there's nobody in the car. But she said, If you check the car and there's somebody in the car, like that's keeping you safe. So, you know, she said, Things like that that you kind of feel, Oh, God, I, I am, I'm an idiot for thinking this way. She said, That anxiety is, is keeping you safe. So, like, don't knock it. And your anxiety all along kept you safe because otherwise you wouldn't have went to the guards. You know, and you wouldn't have got in the CCTV and he wouldn't have been caught on camera. And, you know, like, so she she has been very good.
2: That's a very steadying and a very grounding approach to it. I suppose it's a whole other way of thinking of it. What struck yeah. me particularly, Una, yesterday um, was your your kindness towards his family.
3: Well, I've, you know, I've I've children of my own and... You know, his, his his children, his wife, they they they've done no wrong, you know, and they will have to live with the stigma of this because it will it will follow them and like they deserve kindness, they deserve support because like they have done nothing wrong. Their father went out to work one day and never came back and then the guards were down with a search warrant and took the stuff out of the house and you know, they didn't even know I they didn't even know what was going on. And now to have it all come out and you know they they're teenagers teenagers are hard anyway but with social media and everything people can be crude. and you know they, they they don't deserve anything but support because they they have done nothing wrong you know they really haven't
2: you're you're clearly asking people una uh to leave his family alone he's the one that yeah. did wrong not them
3: exactly exactly and support them and be kind to them because they will like they must be traumatised over this. Like, how, however upsetting it is for me, like, I, I'll get over this a lot quicker than they will. You know, like, they'll always be associated with him and what he did, and I just feel so, so sorry for them because they don't deserve, they didn't deserve any of this as much as I didn't deserve any of this.
2: You're an extraordinary human being to be able to find that decency, if you don't mind my saying so.
3: No, thank you. But you know it, it is it is genuinely how I feel i I just i my heart breaks for them it really, really does it, it's just he didn't think of the bigger picture. he was just so fixated, like he obviously didn't think of his family like and to to put on on paper to rape my daughter when he's a father himself and he's a teenage daughter, like who you know who does that? you know, so he he showed no consideration for his family's feelings as well as me and my family's feelings you know so
2: just two more brief questions for you una how do you now move on from this
3: well it will it will take time even even now like i'm i'm still kind of saying you're safe you're safe you're safe i kind of have to persuade myself that i'm safe if i'm out and about so that but that will fade with time like i'm I was obsessively checking the doors locked. Now it's down to a couple of times a day, like as opposed to every hour.
2: Even though he's now behind bars, can do you no harm anymore, you're still left with this legacy of checking doors.
3: Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is because, I suppose because of his age and the colour of his hair, like there's a lot of people that from the back look like him. And you do kind of get a... (gasps) you know if you see somebody of his stature with with gray hair you're, you 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 do just you know get an intake of breath because it looks so like him and you know that's that's hard to you know i'm sure that will fade with time also but at the moment it's the, like last week i was in tescos and there was a man from behind who looked very similar to him and i just got a start you know, even though I knew I knew it wasn't him, I knew it couldn't possibly be him, but you do just get that shock.
2: The mind plays tricks.
3: The mind plays tricks. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But I you know, I will I will I will get through it. I will get over it. I'm I'm quite confident of that, you know?
2: Yeah. Finally, Una, for anybody else who is going through anything like this they might be listening to us right now and and someone is bothering them, someone is scaring them, but they're afraid to go to the guards because they don't think anybody will believe them.
3: Oh, go, 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 definitely go. Go to the guards and talk to them. I mean, as I said earlier, they'll advise you at the very, very least. And if they think it's, it's escalating to the point, like, please God, not as serious as what I went through, like they will, they will call, they will help. But, um, and if it's, that's from somebody, we'll say from the outside, if it's somebody inside your home, I would just get a cheap notebook, find a safe place, jot things down, hide it and bring that down with you and have a list, even even a couple, even over two or three days, this happened, this happened, this happened. And just give them a starting point And
2: keep messages, I guess.
3: That is vital if somebody is harassing you online or on your phone. Like, keep the messages. Print them off if you can, but keep them and screenshot them. And, you know, if you want to delete them, screenshot them, put them in a folder if you don't want somebody to see them. And just go to to the guards because I actually, there was nothing more humanly possible that the guards could have done than what they did for me and they couldn't have treated me any better than what they treated me I just couldn't have had a better experience with them and like, it's because of that that I'm coming forward and saying look go to them and if you go to a guard and he's having a bad day and he's kind of brushing you off ask to speak to somebody else or go to a different guard station but somebody will listen and, and do definitely and if you're feeling unwell go to your GP and get help that way you know because there is still I don't care what anyone says there is still a stigma attached to mental health and people are reluctant to go because they feel they're weak or they should be able to cope better or and especially now during COVID or maybe it's COVID is making me feel like this if there's something else going on and even if it is COVID is making you feel like that go and get 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 help you know and There is is an awful lot of help out there. There's help out there that I didn't know was there, like the crime prevention, the the victims after crime service. They were all in contact, and one of them was as good as the next. There's there's a lot of help out there now, and there is zero tolerance for these types of crimes, Now, thank God, and they are taken seriously. So definitely talk. Talk to a friend, talk to a family, but definitely go to the guards. Definitely go to the guards.
2: Una, thank you so much for spending time with us today on The Opinion Line.
3: You're very welcome. I hope I I help even one person. You know, that's, that's why I'm doing it.
2: Take care of yourself and your family.
3: Thanks very much. Thanks very much. Cheers. Corks
2: 96 FM.
0: Selling a little or a lot?
3: Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.
0: Botox Cosmetic, out of toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.